You are now entering the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends. And welcome to episode 117 of 40 Going On 14. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh. And they say home is where the heart is, which means I have 17 drifters as roommates. Hmm. That got a little dark. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to figure out, is he saying he has 17 hearts? Or 17 hearts. 17 hearts of drifters in his (laughs) fridge. (laughs) In jars in my basement. The joke is murder. <laughs> <laughs> that's one. That's one of my favorite jokes I ever got from Dennis. Use that at work. People will be like, you know, oh, are you all right, Mike? No, I got diarrhea. Oh, you're sick? No, I got a jug of it. I keep in the fridge. I'm just saying, I can't find <laughs> it. <laughs> so, yeah. on that note, yeah, on that note, guess what we're doing? We're we, killing hobos. Yeah, <laughs> hobo killing then and now. Uh, we are uh, talking about home. Trust hobo knife. <laughs> Killing people with my hobo knife. Um, <laughs> we're doing about homes, uh, where we lived that back then, moving and changing places of abode-ishness <laughs> then and now. Yeah, kind of a timely sort of episode since uh, I just bought a house and this is going to be the first episode recorded in the uh, recording studio in the new house. Yeah, that's. And, and I just turned homeless, so it's very timely. Mm-hmm. That's regarding your that. heart. <laughs> Oh shit! That's awesome. I'm, re- I'm recording from a Starbucks. So. <laughs> that's not a, That's a joke, actually. Don't. Yeah. Uh, I, I was listening for like the venti frappuccino comment to the back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said three pumps of vanilla. Um, so this is going to get a little too real for you if you keep. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, residents and abodes throughout the years. So if you are in your abode, maybe at noon. On Saturdays, where could you hear us, Josh? Uh, you could hear us at Geek Life Radio. And if you wanted to find the home for some great geeky podcasts, you'd find them at the Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Ah, Patrick, what kind of podcast do they have at the Musings of a Geek Network? <laughs> hey, it's not episode 170. <laughs> so. I thought we were closer. <laughs> uh, at the Musings of a Geek Podcast Network, found at www.musingsofageek.com, you can find such shows as The History of Bad Ideas, Graphic Novice, Sons of the Renaissance, and Dark Angels and Pretty Freaks, as well as everyone's favorite sports show, The Left Field Sports run. Lounge. <laughs> wow. Pat, that was a run. Pat has it, The Left Field Sneeze Lounge. What the hell was that? <laughs> Uh, and just to brag a little bit, especially considering that uh, somebody decided to take to Twitter to taunt us about fantasy football right before we, we beat him. Yeah. We are locked for the playoffs in the Musings of Fantasy Football League. Yeah. Nice. Take that person I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Cram that in your cram hole. Uh, I yeah. think that was Bob Holt who uh, who took to our uh, our Twitter. Bob Holt. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like somebody who talks about himself in the third person. You know who likes that? Bob Holt likes that. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think where did 
Uh, we could end this season anywhere between second and fourth place. We're probably going to end in third place. Oh, don't be such a downer. Uh, I think we're at eight and three. There's like one undefeated team. We're eight and four. Eight and four. Nice. So uh, while we're on the topic, if you'd like to hear any of our older shows, you can find us at iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, and TalkShoe, and coming up soon on Google Play. That eventually is showing up. And uh, if you'd like to leave us a message, you can get us at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Right. And you know what we have this week, Correct. guys? We yeah, have, we have got something special right now this month. Yes, for the month of December, we have four copies of two different games that we're giving away from our friends at Calliope Games. I uh, can. Find... I know them. Yeah, they're our friends. Me too. Ca- our friend Cassidy over there is uh, sending us uh, two copies each of either either Thieves or Twelve Days. Well, Twelve Days is like a trick-taking game, and Thieves is a uh, game about stealing, which is uh, really good. <laughs> don't, don't play against a ten-year-old girl; she will hurt you. <laughs> what? Remember what? Gen Con? The girl, the, the ten-year-old oh. girl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, thieves the... almost took the guy out. Yeah, took off the table, uh-huh. and then we had some splaining to do. Uh, yeah. But either way, here's how we're going to do it. Um, full frontals. What? what? <laughs> no, I stopped no. paying attention for a second, but you have my complete attention now. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're not doing that. And so please don't do that. Um, what we're looking for Some is just, can. Yeah, just send us an email at 40go14 at gmail.com with the uh, subject line Calliope Games. And uh, we're just going to draw out uh, a name a week. So if you don't win the first week, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, your name will still be in the pot for the next three weeks. Yes. Yeah. Calliope games. That's C A L L I O P E games. Just put that in the subject line, something in the body of the email. So it's not going to go straight to spam. Yeah. So the first one we're going to give away is going to be a copy of 12 days. So if you uh, win, uh, if you can in that email, give us uh, a place to send the uh, prize if you win it. And a thousand dollars cash. Yes, in that email. Uh, no, no. Oh, no. send the email no. with a thousand dollars cash. Yeah, yes, you send us a thousand. Oh, okay. right. I thought you were promising to give that away. Oh, yeah. Well, that too. No, not that. No money. There will be no money exchanging hands unless you want to exchange it our way. Do it. <laughs> hey, we got any feedback, Josh? Oh, we got plenty of feedback. Uh, let's just start with. Let's start with this one. <laughs> Patrick. Uh oh. <laughs> Go to Los Cucos, motherfucker. <laughs> I do. That's okay. <laughs> well, this is a very insistent Charlie. <laughs> yeah. What was that about? I don't about know. About 15 seconds. <laughs> well, guys, I got to go. Apparently, I have to go to a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> yeah. Well, have All right, we got uh, one here from someone who isn't Charlie. Yay. Oh. Hey, guys. Justin from Portland. I'm a. Uh... Currently wrapping up episode 115, your first part on the international food tour. And uh, uh, Josh is currently talking about miso, uh, some kind of soup or something like that. I don't, I don't know what the fuck it is. It sounds, sounds a little too out there for my taste. But um, I, all I know is I heard John say miso twice, and Joel never popped up in the background with one of his like clever jokes. Like, you know, Josh says miso. And then, like, Joel goes, horny. And, you know, me so horny from the... Anyways, I, I... Yeah. All I can say is, Joel, you let me down, buddy. I, I just... I can't believe it. I was expecting a good Joel joke, and it didn't happen. Ugh, what am I going to do with you, bud? Anyways, guys, love the show. We're having fun doing it still. I mean, sounds like you are. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. I'm going to go. <laughs> Bye. Horny. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta make the obvious jokes for the fans, Joel. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So how about hey fuckers? <laughs> here you're making uh, worst jokes again. I I really really had no idea that you were goring there. Oh, Get it? Yeah. Go goring. Horny. <laughs> Is he still talking to us? Yeah, I think he's Uh, talking to the voices. I just poured myself a cup of coffee. I'm walking around my office. I'm going to test test my water chemistry on my boilers. I'm trying to be nice to you guys for a change because it's the holiday season. And, uh, Are the boilers in Antarctica? Not sure what's happening here. <laughs> He's still working. <laughs> Do it. Adequate. That doesn't sound good. <laughs> Did we just hear Charlie die? No, I'm talking to him right now on text, so he's he's alive. This has a very Blair Witch feel to it. Yeah, it does. I really don't want to turn around right now because I'm afraid <laughs> that there's going to be a Charlie behind me. I am so Jesus, if he's calling out local restaurants for me, then he's probably in here. <laughs> gotta go. It was my project. You gotta go. Horny, uh. horny. <laughs> All right, uh, here's here's one more from uh, someone else who, who isn't hanging out in a boiler room, apparently. <laughs> Freddy Krueger. Hey, 40 going on 14, this is Luke. It occurred to me I haven't called in for a while, um, and since I know you get enough of that in other voicemails, I'm not going to berate you. Uh, I will, however, say that you're wrong, and the Donk House is the best German restaurant in Chicago. Uh, it's uh, so tough, though. I could leave, like, a whole bunch of voicemails about favorite restaurants, different cuisines, especially in, when you start expanding to different cities. Uh, there's so much good stuff out there. Um, the only thing that I will call out, uh, I, I think there was a little talk about Puerto Rican food in the in the now, but uh, Cuban is a big fan of, or I'm a big fan of the Cuban food. Um, and other Cuban things. Not so much the communism, that's a different story. Um, so yeah, like, you know, growing up in Florida, we would have the occasional Cuban, but, uh, they still have it from as an adult. Always a fan. Surprisingly, you can get some good Cuban food in Chicago. Well, like Although I still swear that the best Cuban food and the best mojito, like original style mojito, is this hundred something year old restaurant in Tampa. Um, might even be better than Cuban places in Miami. I don't say I would stack it up. But anyway, um, yeah, like I said, I could I could ramble forever, but I wanted to leave a small couple of points of feedback, um, tell you that you were wrong in at least one instance. That's uh, all right. Uh, yeah, looking forward to the next set. Uh, keep it up. And I forgot to look up in German what butts are. So we're going to go with butts to the front. Yeah. Yeah, I have never been to the uh, Bra House, actually. Uh, although I am a huge fan of the Berghoff, even though it's uh, pretty touristy. And I don't think we even mentioned uh, the Berghoff in that episode. No, yeah, we did Yeah, I'm, I'm amazed. How could we forget <clears throat> that? Love that restaurant. Uh, that was uh, where when uh, Nikki came in from New Zealand, uh, Sarah and uh, Nikki and John and I went to uh, the Berghoff. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. we got was... waiters that have been there for literally 50 years. It was uh, awesome. Luke? Uh, Kippen nach Vrana. Is that butts to the front? Yes, sir. Das glaube ich nicht. I think I'm going to send out some Adderall with these games, too, to our listeners. 
But I would totally be up for checking out uh, the, uh, the Bauhaus. <laughs> oh. Yeah, oh, Bauhaus. Oh, yeah. did you say Bauhaus? That's uh, not Bauhaus, no. is dead. It's on Lincoln Avenue. I, I don't live down there anymore, but uh, oh, wow, yeah, that's not too far from where I used to be. Oh, Just, listen uh, to him being all snobby. East. He's like, oh, I don't live in this city anymore. Already starting. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm starting to love Portillo's and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I might check oh, out a TGI Friday's and fight oh, it as long as you can. Beyond, you know, we'll see what the yeah. day is. Get some Southwestern egg rolls. That's international. Yeah. Get wild and go to the Rainforest Cafe. Yeah. That, that's things the suburbans usually do, right? Go ahead. <laughs> if it was right, 1994. Uh, here we go. Uh, how about this one? Patrick. Oh, Jesus. You fucking stupid fucking reb. The cheese store and the cheese vendor that sells you cheese is called a cheesemonger. You go to the cheesemonger. That's what he's called. That's his profession. He's a cheesemonger. Like a fish is a fishmonger. Jesus. Jesus? (laughs) Do it. Uh... (laughs) Well, my cheesemonger is a female, so... (laughs) Cheesemongress? Cheese, cheese mongoloid? From what I hear, he's <laughs> Holy crap. I think it's about that time. Oh my god, is it about that time? Hang on here. Nope, not that one. That one. This week in music, movies, and TV. I'm Did you say horny sports? Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to talk like that the entire time? <laughs> Thank you, Tinky Winky. I will not be ignored! <laughs> was that the end of Charlie's voicemail? <laughs> no, I decided that was a separate voicemail mm. that I've decided to add to the permanent soundboard for the show. Oh, I'm totally behind that. <laughs> I said there was something special before the wow. show. Wow. <laughs> That's great. That's Robo Charlie. That's yeah, what we Robo need. Robo Charlie. You gotta, Shouting. Yeah, before too long, you're going to have Robo Pat and Robo Charlie arguing with each other. Oh. <laughs> All right. So this weekend is in 1994, because that is the year that all of us wound up living in the same place for the first time. That's the year this we all moved true. into the same dorm floor out in college, known as the cave. Even pretty though, much where we officially became friends. <clears throat> yep, pretty much. Well, I mean, we kind of knew we knew each other before then. Yeah, but I'm saying like it kind of solidified. Like you know, we did. If we hadn't lived in the cave, we probably wouldn't be doing this podcast. Probably not. That's probably true. Yeah. So uh, music in 1994. December, Boys to Men's On Bended Knee shares the entirety of December of 1994 as their number one song splits two weeks with Ine Kamose's H-C-T-H. Or, oh, that's uh, the acronym of the week. That, that is the acronym be, of the week. That would be a hot crotches touch Hawaiians. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's true. Yep. Just now, ask Don Ho. <laughs> Wow. Uh, you can't ask Don Ho anything anymore. Well, Tiny Bubbles took him. Uh, I mean, before he met the hot crotches, he was just called Don. Josh <laughs> used to always quote this song, like, all the time for whatever reason. Tiny Bubbles. Word it up. <laughs> here comes a hot stepper. Yeah, yes. here comes a hot stepper. That's the one. On, so it was kind of a weird month in music. The lyrical gangsta. Word it up. <laughs> That's weird. I was I, I swear to you, I was referencing this song tonight on the truck with my niece. Really? Wow. Hand, hand to flying spaghetti monster. <laughs> the word you're looking for is heart. Nah. All right. So anyway, I, I don't want to admit I have one of those. Then Josh will be coming for me. <laughs> oh, are we sure it's not horny cocks touch Heather? <laughs> 
Depends on which Heather you're talking about, but if it's one I know, yeah. yes. <laughs> no, no. The recent picture I showed you not that long ago. Okay, we're going down a weird road here. So, <laughs> Pearl Jam's Vitology is released on December 5th in 94. Joel was probably the first in line at Rolling Stone Records for this, and he was, he says, with Sarah Franks. I remember when you came home with that CD and we all listened to it for the first time. Yeah, And it was a big deal on the boards, the bulletin boards online, because Eddie Vedder included his uh, dental records, like his x-rays of his dental. That was like the big topic. And there was like little cards inside. And one of them was uh, an x-ray of his mouth. But yeah, I was in line with Sarah Franks, uh, got one of the first people to get a copy at Rolling Stone. Before Neat. So uh, staying on music, the top three global hits of 1994 are number one, Bruce Springsteen with Streets of Philadelphia. Just not a pretty, his best track. Not his best track, but okay. better than I'm not. A, I really don't like Bruce Springsteen. So I, <clears throat> I either love or hate Bruce Springsteen songs. Yeah, and I, this yeah. is one I hate. I think he sounds like he's singing after gargling battery acid. I don't. Oh, I don't like see, I love all. the entire Born in the USA album. Mm. Like Hungry Heart is it? Hungry Heart is a great song. Mm-hmm. Just listen to Nebraska. That's all you need. <laughs> <laughs> so song she number two. Uh, Brian Adams, Rod Stewart, and Sting sing with All for Love from yep. the uh, Robin Hood uh, soundtrack. The past cash money song. That that sounds awful. Brian Adams, Rod Stewart, and Sting. Why don't you just have Kenny G back you up? I did. Ugh, horrible. <laughs> Not really. But speaking of horrible. Yes. Number three, number one song of the world in 2000, I mean, 1994 was Redneck's Cotton Eye Joe. God. I actually like that song. Oh, but I mean, it's okay to like it, but it's in it it number no, three not. in the world. It's not okay to like that song. That's awesome. Oh no, the original is okay. This version is awful. Mm. Burn it up. <laughs> so movies on December fourth, nineteen ninety four. The Santa Claus was not shot in two thousands, as we discovered when we did the Santa Claus movie show. <laughs> <laughs> for now it's not gonna be two years ago now yeah uh was the number one at the box office and went out to gross over 11 million dollars all the leftover <sighs> snow from the film all went up tim allen's nose <laughs> allegedly allegedly and a moment of silence as on december 3rd 1994 <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of nines man you have to start checking these out. Actor Paul Michael Glazer of Starsky and Hutch fame lost his wife, Elizabeth Glazer, to HIV due to a blood transfusion in 91. Wow, that's really, that's awesome. Yikes. Yeah. I didn't even write that one. I know. Who did movies? I did. And by the way, that's not the acronym of the week. That's <laughs> We've already done the acronym of the week. Uh, December 2nd, 1994, the Tommy Lee Jones biopic Cobb attempts to hit a home run at the off box office. Sadly, it never even gets first base, only making $800,000. Which now, well, barely paid his price tag for acting. Wow. That no, was not it, a good movie. Is it biopic or is it biopic? biopic. I think we went over this biopic. before. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, yeah, what did we decide? Biopic, I thought, right? I don't know. I'll say whatever falls out of what my mouth first. The web said it was biopic, but we all said biopic that makes more sense. And unfortunately for Tommy <clears throat> Lee Jones, he was 20 years too early for racist white guys to be really popular in the media so yeah if they made that movie now he could run for president donald trump would be endorsing (laughs) the shit out of it well yeah duck dynasty would have been on right before it or like they showed it on tv or whatever yeah they got phil robertson making a cameo in it i'm sure (laughs) all right so tv (laughs) the top rated shows of the time are seinfeld er and home improvement 
Oh, this is like a, Tim Allen's uh, year. Uh, two Tim Allen references and one twee. <laughs> so uh, Lionel Stander, best known for playing the chauffeur on Max and Heart to Heart, dies of lung cancer on December 1st, 1994. That's not what that sentence said. <laughs> what did it say? <laughs> Whatever. Best known for playing the chauffeur Max on Heart to Heart. Oh, hang on. Let me get another drink here. Morning. <laughs> Does anyone remember that show? I used Heart to, to Heart? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Max was the old guy with the uh, watch it, but with, I know with the lung about. cancer. Yes, the old guy <laughs> the with the lung cancer. Died. That was that was, it was his... written into the story, and then it came true. He was the chauffeur Max. He was the chauffeur Max. Do you want me to do it again? I'll do it again. No, it's okay. 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 All right. Now let's. After that fiasco, let's go right into sports. <laughs> We're just gonna crash and burn. <laughs> Gosh, I forgot it, this guy. Michael Freyer, a 25-year-old defensive tackle for the Seattle Seahawks, was paralyzed after his spinal cord was severely damaged in an automobile crash involving two of his teammates, Chris Warren and Lamar Smith, in Kirkland, a suburb of Seattle, on December 2nd. How do you like that? See? Wow, so much I am death just in this tweet. <laughs> I am just like a cat. I always land on all fours. Wow. <laughs> Uh, moving on. Have fun. It's Marta like drifters moving through my neighborhood in this tweet. <laughs> Marta Figueres Dotti wins the LPGA JC Penny Golf Classic on December 4th. Nice. Wearing uh, a pair of slacks. Very stylish pair of khaki shorts. <laughs> and very comfortable shoes. Available on page six of your catalog. Man, that's actually something I miss. Me too, man. Sears catalogs, Penny's catalogs, man. Remember when those would come, you'd get those, and it was like the giant phone book size, and then just sit down and go to the toy section and just like wish well, you had all those toys. You know who else misses the Sears catalog? The entire Chicago printing industry. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. <clears throat> and uh, also, 1994, Daryl Strawberry is indicted on tax evasion charges on December 8th and ends up being suspended for cocaine use and misses a year of baseball while in rehab. So there you go. Good old Daryl Strawberry. Yeah, thank you very much. With Tim (laughs) Allen. So, Holmes. Holmes on. Yeah, what's up, Holmes? Hey. So, uh, we decided to do this because Josh has recently moved. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it would definitely be uh, topical. That's what we're looking for. Um, So, let's... Start it out. Uh, what's the first home that you were? Where were you born, son? First place you lived? In a vagina. Uh, a brownstone Holy. apartment in St. Louis. That's Ew. where I was. I was born and raised in St. Louis, but we moved when I was four. So Talk I don't. So you're not actually a Texan? Not, not. You're a Missourian like me? Yep. Oh. He's got dual citizenship. I already knew that. Because. Texas, it's a whole nother country. Patrick, you and I are a lot more related than I thought. Wait, where, where are your parents from? Are they from Missouri then? Yeah, yeah. My my entire family stems from Hannibal, Missouri. That's huh. what I thought. That's that's where my family lineage settled down when they got to America. They cr- they, they crossed the Mississippi and immediately said, "Fuck this, we're done." <laughs> <laughs> I think that's far enough. What do you guys think? What about you, Josh? Where'd you start out at? Uh, I good. was born. In the city at uh, Michael Reese HMO, and uh, as I, I talked a lot about in the episode 40, our uh, origin show, I talked a lot about the neighborhood. It was kind of rough. It was Cicero, which if you're not super familiar with the Chicago area, it's on the south side. It's the suburb right down by Midway Airport. It's the first one outside the city in the area, Midway. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it was like shortly after... Like I was born in the mid 70s and in the early 80s, the neighborhood really started to turn bad. 
but our house was really nice. It was a uh, two-story house with a ba- full basement. And uh, my parents did what was pretty common back then. While they were paying off the mortgage, the upper story, they threw a lock on the bottom door and a lock on the top door and uh, kind of converted the top into an illegal rental, like added a kitchen up there and uh, were renting it out. And pretty much the rent was paying the mortgage. Until the house was paid off, and then they uh, hmm. stopped renting it out, took the locks off, and we used the whole house. Wow. That's clever. When did they stop charging you rent? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm trying to think. I lived there all the way up until like halfway through the first freshman year at Concordia. Oh, wow. Yeah. they. Uh, was that the house where we uh, blew up the sausage? <laughs> no, that would have been the place where my folks moved to with my brother uh, while I was in the dorms. That was uh, LaGrange, mm. uh, the, where they are now. I mean, my dad still lives there. My brother, now his wife and three kids, all still live in that same place. Huh. And stickers. That was a pretty pretty spread out house, I remember. Yeah, I mean, it was a ranch, but it was a large piece of property, a lot of bedrooms, and then the pool. I'll get back to that later because uh, after the college years, uh, let's just say my first foray into the real world didn't didn't work so well. <laughs> kind of a false start. Yeah, I'm a Chicagoan like you, Josh. I was born on the north side and uh, lived on Polina Triangle area. We're a division of Nashland Cross. So, mm-hmm. right, went to uh, St. Stan's Las Cusca Church and School when I was a little one. Like I said, standard brownstone. Uh, family owned two two buildings out in that area. So thanks to a favor from uh, Rostenkowski. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chicago. Gotta love it. <clears throat> Joel, what about you, man? Uh, well, I'm a proud Missourian. I was born in Independence, Missouri, and um, my parents had a house down right about a block from state line so I could spit into Kansas, which <laughs> I did frequently. Um, yeah, there's a rivalry there. So I'm born and raised, uh, lived in the same house until I turned 18 and moved to Chicago to start my college things. But uh, it was a house on a really, really, really steep hill. And I can't tell you how many times once I got a car that I would park it at the top of the hill and find it in the middle of the street the next morning. Um, <laughs> because especially in the winter when there was ice and we got a lot of ice storms in, in Kansas City, uh, there was no way to get it to really stay. I kind of figured it out later, but it would slide down a lot. And that was always a pain in the ass trying to, uh, to get up and down the hill. And I had a lot of elderly, uh, in-laws or well, in-laws family. And speaking of Josh having a pool at the house, my, uh, father had to install an elevator in the house because they couldn't get from the ground floor to the second floor because of the, the, the way the house was built on the stairs. So I had an elevator. It was, uh, nothing fancy. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, you're you're stealing for all of the like Joel was a rich kid gag. I know, yeah, I know, I know. But I, we're talking about it. It's it's a thing. It existed. People used to always like love to come over and they're like you have an elevator, and I'm like, yeah, get in it. You won't want to ride it again. Like, how else expect the butler to bring our food up to us? <laughs> we had no butler. It was it was frightening though when you got on it. And at the bottom, I used to have like like freak out about the bottom because it had that big giant spring. So if it was to crash, it would hit the bottom and you know, hit the spring and then but, bounce back up to the next floor. <laughs> exactly. It was like pitch black in there and you couldn't see anything but the top of the spring. So I kept imagining like that scene in star Wars, you know, where the, the, in, the in walls the start closing in. Um, but yeah, is that like Shut a Harry Potter down. thing? Did they like make you stay down there or something? No, but <laughs> if I went down to the basement to, you know, go get in the car, go grab something from the basement. You've been bad, Joel. Get with the spring. <laughs> <laughs> get in the elevator. Right off. Do it. 
I actually remember that when I was pretty little, I discovered that in my room, we had a pretty big closet and there was a space behind where all the coats or clothes that were hanging on hangers. Uh, there was a space big enough for a little kid back there because I guess the closet kind of sloped with the house. And as a little kid, that would be like the secret place I would hide away. I'd like drag a lamp behind the coats in the closet. And so, like read. So you played in the closet? Now yes. That's how the fire started. <laughs> played in, in the closet. How old were you when you came out of the closet? I, I don't know. Some say I'm still there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we, we lived um, like right on Ashland. And uh, we had, well, I take the back. We, at the time, we had three buildings. We sold one. Uh, and when they put up like a Kmart back then, or no, not Kmart, it was worse than Kmart. Dalton's. Uh, no, uh, Piggly uh, Wiggly. Zare. Oh, Zare. 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 Reaches back into the past. Yeah. Wow. Zare and a jewel went up there and we sold one building there and that went, and then we all moved in. Um, to, to Zares? <clears throat> yes, we moved into Zares, Joel. That's what we did. And then <laughs> I went, I played on the elevator spring. Um, <laughs> No, we moved into, uh, the apartments over in my, my grandparents where they lived. So it was like my grandparents on one side of the hallway. The other side of the hallway was me and my mom and my dad and dog and the cat. And upstairs was, uh, great grandma. So we, we, we were there on that, on Ashland Hall. Like family's always been close. Um, very Chicagoan, uh, area. I remember one thing when I was a kid, middle of the night, there's a explosion <clears throat> and on the corner, Across the street from us on Ashland and Blackhawk, there was a hot dog joint that was like on the, in, in a trailer. It's like you walked in one side of the trailer, walked across, got the hot dog and came out the other side. And the hot dog place just exploded. And I remember that because everybody ran over the window. My dad's like, you know, he leans up. My wife, my, my mom's like, what happened? You know, he leans out the window and goes, the hot dog place blew up. <laughs> you know, again, how often do you get to say that? Well, <laughs> two weeks what? later on the opposite kitty corner of that side of the street, a brand new, like with a drive through and an arcade shows up out of nowhere from the and same. And explodes. No, from the same. <laughs> yeah, I wish. From the, the arcade same, blew up. How blew, often do you get to say that? Arcades. <laughs> no. Maybe so. we should move out of this neighborhood. <laughs> we should definitely not build a hot dog stand. That's not building out of artillery range. Now, so, <laughs> so uh, actually, a little while later, we moved out of there, and we lived in. I lived in Elgin for a while. Hmm. Yeah, very, very short time. I have very little memory of that, but all I remember is uh, there was a basketball hoop in the backyard, and I had apparently there was an elderly gentleman that lived downstairs from us that I the ball the, my basketball rolled under a car, and I went over to his house, and I'm like, "Hello, old man, can you help me get my basketball from out from under the car?" So there's like this 95 year old man on his hands and knees trying to get a basketball out from under a car from four year old Mike. Explains why you're so good at basketball. Exactly. Wait, what? <laughs> <clears throat> Every time you try so, to play basketball, the old man molested you. So that's why you where got Where did that come hat. from? <laughs> I'm going with Joel's, like the old man is Herbert. Uh, so, Pat, what was it like to move from St. Louis area to Missouri to Texas? Shit, I was four. I don't remember. But I do know this. The funny thing about that, well, not, it's not really funny, but um, the interesting thing about our move is the semi that was moving our house uh, got into an accident and fucked up a whole bunch of our furniture. Mm. That was like, all not interesting. Hmm? <laughs> Sorry, I was being a dick. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, let's move on then. <laughs> yeah. Josh will not be ignored. <laughs> yeah, what about perfect time for that? So, yeah, um, they actually got into a, an accident on the freeway driving down, and like a bunch of our furniture was scarred up. <laughs> Still have, still have like the a Davenport can never look the same again. 
<laughs> right. The recliner's got an iPad. <laughs> we, we had to put the bookcase down. Every, and Autumn has seen some shit. Every time, every time the uh, front door slams, the couch jumps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like, we have a, um, a family heirloom uh, grandfather clock that still has, like, a bunch of gouges out of it from, well, I mean, I guess it wouldn't heal, so. Oh, that's right. terrible. <laughs> Yeah, if it suddenly started knitting together, you need to move out of that house. Yeah. Get out. Horny. Oh, it's one of them regenerating clocks. So what's out of the... We, we, that's when we moved into... I think I, you guys know that I, I lived in a real bad area of Houston, and that's where we moved to when we first came here because we couldn't afford much. My dad moved down here uh, for like four months before we moved down as a family. Because he just had to come down. You know, he came down for a job. He worked for uh, Southwestern Bell, and they transferred him. So he came down just to, you know, to line up a house. And once he had a house bought, we all moved down. Huh. Sent for you. Yep. That's that's a long, long drive, man. Made it a whole bunch of times in our life. Hmm. So, Joel. Yes. What's your longest move? Pat went from Missouri to Texas. You're saying longest move, like, distance-wise? Yeah. That was Uh, actually not even my longest move, though. No? We'll talk about that one later. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. It's in the now. Um, Yeah, at least at that point in in the then, definitely from Kansas City to Chicago, which is about 580 miles, 525, something, I don't remember. But, um, no, that was definitely the longest move. When I moved from my house to college, I took the Mm -hmm. uh, little escort that I had at the time, packed it full of stuff, and that's it. I remember that car. Yeah, whatever I bought and brought was in fit into the escort, and it was me and my mom drove up, and then she rode back with uh, Matt Brown's parents, who drove him up in their pickup truck. So huh. I was very, very minimalistic at that point, and uh, left everything at the old house. Was that that red car that you had? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah I remember that. I had that one for a long time. And Josh, you were in the same house for the longest time then. Yeah, I think so. I uh, was in the house I uh, spent my infancy in until I was like 17. Oh, wow. Very cool. Uh, out of the houses that you've lived, well, in the kids, let's say Josh really can't do this because he only had the one favorite house, apartment, condo that you lived in when you were a kid. Huh. And, uh. Well, we actually, <clears throat> we moved around uh, quite a bit for a little while, all within Houston as we just kept trying. Uh, we kept like, my dad kept making more money moving up in the company and such. And so we just kept moving to better and better neighborhoods. Uh, we went from... We went to a house in an area called Bridgestone, which was just a standard little four-bedroom house. It was nice, whatever. And then we went to another place that had a pool. I like that place. <laughs> I bet. And then we went from there to the house that would basically became the family house for like 30 years um, up in this area called the Woodlands. It was just a little bit north of the Woodlands called Shenandoah, which is about... It's about the equivalent of Aurora to downtown Chicago in distance-wise and kind of feeling-wise. Hmm. There's a, like an older place full of, you know, it's got its own, its own, its own incorporated area full of its own police force, its own money. It makes, there's shopping and all kinds of stuff all around it. It makes so much money. It's ridiculous. The, the, ta- the property taxes are dirt cheap oh, wow. and the houses are all huge. Yes, yeah, and we, that was the family house for many, many years. Yeah. We went, we think we went from Elgin to Bolingbrook hmm. and we had a condo in Bolingbrook that was probably the, one of the, I mean, for a kid wise, the best places that we lived. Cause it was like there in the center of all the condos was a bike path. It's like a big circular bike path with a huge field in the center. And all, there was like spokes going out. So ev- all, ev- no matter where you lived in the uh, subdivision, you can always get to the center of the bike path through all these trails and went all the way around the, uh, yeah. And I spent, we just spent every summer just riding in circles, you know, playing up. I mean, that there was a, a, this gigantic field out there. So, I mean, that was really cool because it was like all the, everybody you knew from school because they could all get together in there, play a game of softball, 
mess around on the bikes, play G.I. Joe guys or whatever out there. So that was uh, a lot. It was very nice. <clears throat> Since I only had the, the two, I mean, I, I liked the house I grew up in. I mean, it was a, a pretty big house based on kind of because my parents bought it really cheap when uh, uh, they had moved from a couple blocks over in a little tiny like bungalow style to this house because uh, they were raising foster kids. So, you know, they raised over 150 foster kids. So they had to have a lot of room to have them coming in and out. And uh, uh, it was a neat house, you know, but uh, they, they eventually remodeled it and sold it. And the guys that own it now have turned it into like a Spanish villa looking thing. I don't know. It's weird. Villa? But yeah. V-I-L-L-A. Horny. It um, was a great sledding hill, though. <laughs> Kick-ass sledding hill. <clears throat> so that'd be my favorite. Pat, mm. did you have a favorite house? It would probably have to be the one we ended up with, the family house. Not the pool? Not, hmm? No pool? Not the pool one? No, the pool The pool one, it was like um, the house itself wasn't that great. The best thing about it was the pool. <laughs> that was a, that was a strange house, though. It didn't have uh, enough bedrooms because it was a, it was like a very temporary. We only lived there for a year. It was a, it was like a uh, transition house in between moving from one house to another. We were getting the other house built. So um, I didn't have a bedroom. I just lived in the living room. <laughs> like oh, what was like supposed to be like the formal living room. I just lived there. Because it had the most bookshelves, so I put all my books in there and, and just put my bed in there. Wait, yeah. you you slept in the living room? Like I said, the formal living room, not the actual living room. Oh, and you're calling me fancy. <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't have an elevator, dude. He had a pool. And a At one point. formal family room. Yeah, so don't, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but that was the house I had my first uh, sexual dalliances in, so I guess it holds a special place in my heart. Horny house. <laughs> Heart, you say? <laughs> Damn it! I admitted it. <laughs> um, <laughs> this got well, weird. I don't know where to take it from here. Honest to God, know. really, it's uh, got weird. Let's just move to college. How about that? Yeah. So around 1994, we all, well, we, we all 93, 94, we all started at Concordia. Well, I was earlier than that, but yeah, roughly. Remember, I spent like seven years in college. Yeah, <laughs> right. You and me both, man. Two of them were paid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, he's not wrong because yeah. some of it was scholarship. So. so, we all moved in at Concordia. You know what? What dorm did we all start out in? I didn't start in a dorm. I was a commuter. Oh, that's yep. right. He was a but, commuter. But, I remember that. He was a weird guy in the trench coat with that. I, I started in David Jonathan, moved out, and then moved back to David and Jonathan with Josh. Oh yeah, well, let's talk about your <laughs> apartment before because uh-huh. you were in the apartment when most of us met you. The that's love true. shack. I'd, I'd gotten an apartment um, to live in when I got married, and uh, that didn't happen, so I just had the apartment to myself. In Franklin and, Park. Hmm? In Franklin Park, right? Yep. Yeah. That place was such a shithole, but it was so fun. Yeah. It was my first apartment I'd ever had. The little one-bedroom shithole that I actually... It was really a ghetto apartment complex, yeah. but I, I actually went through and physically patched holes in the walls and painted things and made it look nice. It did. You got can't. Yeah, it did look nice. Yeah. Yeah. So... And we had a shit ton of parties and a shit ton of gatherings, and we spent a lot of time in that apartment. Yeah, it was it was nice till somebody shit in the cat box and puked in your bedroom. <laughs> and broke your door after hiding in the shower. Yeah. After, well, the, the majority of the damage that happened to that apartment happened in the, those last couple parties. Yeah. Can I? Can I? Give a, can there was the one party where I told I gave Phil a shopping cart at the at the liquor store and told him to just get whatever he wanted. Ooh, that I, was brutal. I, <laughs> we, we literally covered my ch- kitchen table with alcohol. So he came back with beef jerky and chips. <laughs> 
I mean, the, yeah, the, the kitchen table looked like a fucking bar. I never was there. Good, vaguely blurry times. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Mike hadn't. Yeah, Mike and I hadn't met yet because I didn't meet Mike till I moved on campus. Yeah, wasn't until afterwards. You missed out on all that shit, man. Uh, we had we. I had what? That was probably no no exaggeration. Probably what a three hundred square foot apartment. And we bigger. Had, it might have been four hundred tops. Yeah, but we had literally two hundred people in that apartment during that last party. Well, and some people out on the the landing. Mountain. Well, yeah, they spilled yeah. out all over the the entire complex. Yeah, because yeah. there was the after party for Midsummer Night's Dream there, which was where you and Joel and I really met. Yep. <laughs> Man. <clears throat> Yeah, I started in the cave. They put me down in Johnny Basement. You were in the original cave, though. Yeah, because I didn't meet. Yeah, because Mike was down in the in the in the cave itself, the real cave. And then when we all went to Cave and X, that's when Mike and I started really getting to know each other. Yeah, I started off in the cave, and then I moved from the cave to first Johnny. I think Mike was showing up and hanging out in our room when you and I moved together in uh, Second David. Yeah, but he was more of a friend of a friend kind of thing. I didn't know him that well. Like, he was you guys' friend, not mine. Because you guys all met him away from me and were hanging out with him uh, here and there when I wasn't around. See, And you guys would, like, tell me about this Mike guy and you would tell him about this Patrick guy. Yeah, but I remember right after you and I moved in together, because you were my first roommate, uh, like three days after that, you and I had the central, uh, dorm room right in the middle of, uh, DJ, second floor, right in the mm-hmm. center. And I left our window open mm-hmm. and Mike spent <laughs> like a it half had- hour throwing pine cones into the window. No, it was, I won't lie. It was like an hour. <laughs> Because you guys were finding pine cones in that room. We found pine cones when we moved out. <laughs> it's just pine cones everywhere. Yeah. I'm kidding. And, was, and the best thing about it was that people would walk by, hey, Mike, what are you doing? I'm throwing pine cones in the window up there. All right, yeah, cool. <laughs> I, see, I, my first recollection of Mike, though, is I remember spending time in your room watching Animaniacs. That was like the first thing that I remember on a regular basis. But I started out in Lindemann Hall. Oh, and, yeah. Ooh, Lindy. Yeah, me and Matt started in Lindemann Hall. And uh, then after he left, after first semester, I had the room to myself for the rest of the my freshman year. Um, and then from there, moved to third brome with you guys for cave X. right because i remember on that lindy uh that was where we had a lot of the D games stony was on <laughs> lindy if i recall and dave yeah. dave childress yep and uh I thought dave was a caveman from the beginning though was he uh childress yeah i thought uh yeah you childress might be right and- about that yeah yeah because he and stout lived together their freshman oh year, that's right that's yeah. right that was when uh, Carl was a caveman as well. Yeah. All right. Then we yeah. Then we all moved up to uh, Third Brome. And then it really hit the fan. Yeah. Well, and that's when uh, I traded roommates. Like Patrick and I realized we we're better friends when we weren't sharing a space, a lesson that wouldn't stick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that we just tested and tested over and over. Uh, so but, many stories. <laughs> but then Joel and I started a uh, roommate ship that was a couple of years. Yeah, it lasted a while. Yeah, you guys were excellent roommates. Well, and we didn't like, I mean, <laughs> pretty much people expected us to be together all the time because we just were like you were a jay and silent seemed, bob couple seemed like it although you went to class occasionally <laughs> that's true <laughs> yeah i moved up there and, and lived with james sharp oh i, I remember we all, we, we all thought that was going to just be 
catastrophic in so many ways. I remember the whole floor just being so tense about that because we're just like, <laughs> this this can't, there's just no way this can end well. <laughs> These two guys hate each other. <laughs> I mean, why would they put, why would they put them together? What have Neither we done wrong? Neither of them hold back. <laughs> <laughs> But it turns out they were like uh, like uh, Voltron, man. You know? we, we became so much more powerful together. <laughs> oh, so it, weird. It, it somehow worked out. I mean, we just got along smashingly. Smashing. Well, yes, like, all the smashing once, once, we, once we stopped <laughs> realizing we didn't have to hate each other, we were like, all right, I guess you're all right. And then it kind of just yeah, worked out, strangely enough. Yeah. So I wound up on uh, Third Brome on my own because they thought it would be a great idea to make me a um, an RA. <laughs> an RA. Yeah. <laughs> it's still funny. It is. <laughs> what were they thinking? <laughs> I don't know how I pulled that, but I got a year's worth out of room and board out of that. Oh, that's Thanks. so great. Uh, and then I moved in with. You, then Jay moved in. Oh, uh, you were like like Colonel Henry Blake. Oh yeah, I won't I won't lie. You wanted so bad to just hang out with everybody and have fun, but you're like, guys, come on, I gotta be the boss. I mean, for a while he was like Colonel Clink. <laughs> yeah, I see nothing. Well, yeah, especially the time I walked right in your room and you're sitting on the on the uh, couch doing butter shots. <laughs> I mean, tried to get him to take one. Yeah, <laughs> all of these rooms. I mean, they were pretty <clears throat> small. Uh, we, in general, got more use out of the living space through the use of lofts. Mm-hmm. So you could put one bed up and turn them into bunk beds. Yeah. Did all of us have <clears throat> lofts? Yes. Uh, I did not with James. No, the two yeah. of us. Because because remember we had that one room at the very end that was huge. They just had a queen size. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so we just had our beds. We, we had our beds and desks and everything in there. We had plenty of room. Shut up. Because we had that one that that like corner room that was just enormous. Yeah, we had a closet that smelled like death. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was your fault. Uh, well, it was sort of both of our fault. I, yeah, that we're was, not going <laughs> to discuss that. Yeah. I, I think we already talked about that. We did, yeah, we we did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, and so like we're to discuss it again after the cave. Everybody, you know, we everybody kind of faded out of there and the apartment became a thing yeah it started with uh uh three of the four of us the myself uh and both of the roommates i'd had pat and joel we we decided to get an apartment together in forest <laughs> park that was that was an idea because <laughs> because joel had, josh and i had lived apart long enough to forget that we were not good roommates <laughs> yeah <laughs> So yeah, you guys. We, we, got, we got the top floor of a two-bedroom house. It was split apart into two different apartments. Uh, there were three bedrooms and a kitchen and a living room upstairs, and then downstairs there was uh, three bedrooms, a kitchen, and a living room, and then a basement. Well, we didn't have access to the basement because that only went to the people on the first floor. So we rented out the, the top floor, and there was a family of uh, of Indians living in the in the bottom floor when we moved in. Uh, dots, not feathers. Left their shoes on the <laughs> porch. Wow, a lot. And they did not wear their. Yeah, they like customarily. Um, I don't know if it was a religious thing or what, or just custom, but they always kept their shoes out on the porch, which was a bad mistake with a bunch of retards living above them. <laughs> and they hated us. Well, yeah, we were not good upstairs neighbors. We were <laughs> horrible to these people. I will admit that now. And I'm sorry to all of them. As yeah, Gupta family. If by any wild chance you're listening, we apologize for everything, including. Sorry, Guptas. Yeah, that was us. That was not well, a Guptas were comment, the uh, landlords. Their name. They were the Guptas. Yes. Yeah, but I think they knew each other. So, like yeah. their family. 
Oh, yeah, it, was fam- it, was, it was an extended family all living there. There was, yeah, a, there was like nine of them, I think, eight or nine of them. Yeah, but the actual couple who rented us the apartment did not live downstairs. No. no. Otherwise, no. we probably would not have gotten a second year there. <laughs> <laughs> you might not. They ended up moving out because they figured we're not going to win. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think the uh, don't the night, tell no what, no I was gonna say the night you were listening to Shaggy okay <laughs> when uh, he came up well, that was there a pa- uh, Apache Indian oh okay yeah that was that was pretty early on that was like the first week <laughs> it was definitely yeah it was definitely within the first month yeah he comes up to ask us to turn the music down everybody's in their boxers wearing sombreros <laughs> it's <laughs> uh, yeah, so that happened. Um, but they moved out, and I moved downstairs because, once again, well, Josh and I are not good roommates. <laughs> we had the great idea that if we it's open, let's just take over the whole house. Yeah, so we did. We just opened up the middle hallway that led to you know the, the, the stairwell that went to both places. We never locked our doors or anything. and just considered it like one big house for everybody to live in. And Jay moved in, and uh, who was the first? Matt. Was Matt, Matt Brown, yeah. Back yeah. Kansas City for a while. And then who moved upstairs? Uh, Jason. <clears throat> well, that was that, that was, was when we started with the rotating here. guest star. Yes, we discussed right. that also. Yeah, a for a more. while, Shane Hoffman was there, and then Jason Jensen, who recently passed away, he was uh, another roommate after Shane moved out. Huh. And, and who else? Uh, and I think that was it until uh, Joel moved out, and then things got a little no, cause, weird. Because Matt moved out, and who who took his place? What downstairs? Yeah. Uh. I don't know, but Mike resided there rent free. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, like he did other things around the house. Well, Mike and I, Susie, I think you guys even had a key. You just came and went. Yeah, yeah. And, and she I, like did work and stuff. And yeah, she she had an apartment on the south side at this time. I I was like the guy in the couch for this whole time. Yeah, right. Remember the time I I want I somehow acquired an entire case of toilet paper, <laughs> and we were very grateful. Yeah, forty eight forty eight rolls of toilet paper will get you some and a soap dispenser that went into a fan. Yep. And that's when I clean. I actually cleaned the bathroom in that thing too. For more of uh, crazy fan games, yeah. check out the Origins episode. Like Number we don't want to spend too much time in the apartment because I think a lot of time was spent in episode forty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but that, um, that house, you know, it, um, I think we can all agree was a, a good time. Oh yeah, Probably there the is he's off campus that year. There is a relevant question though. The, the single best memory from the apartment. Outside of the stories we've already told. <clears throat> wow. Uh, out of ones we've already told? No, discounting them? those. Yeah, Ooh, something we I haven't was, talked about yet. I was going to say the three-level Feminista was my, f- or Toga Party, whatever that was. Yeah, the, that was the, fun. The three-level party, that was my, probably my favorite, but I think we talked about that. So Probably one of my key moments was just as uh, we'd gotten the bottom floor, and uh, they were moving Jay's stuff into Jay's room. And Mike started sticking his head out of Jay's window, which was directly below mine. This is awesome. <laughs> well, I decided it would be funny as Mike was popping his head in and out of the window to start dropping stuff to try and hit Mike in the head. So I'm dropping stuff. I'm reaching into my room looking for stuff to drop, dropping it. Mike's dodging. And somewhere, like near the third or fourth time I do it, the window slides shut. And I don't notice. And I put my head straight through the window. <laughs> yeah, that happened. Oh, that it was, did. Oh. Yeah. And everyone hears, ah, fuck, fuck. <laughs> and, and meantime, Mike's like, and, why is he Mike throwing glass at me? 
Um, I, I thought of another one. When uh, Matt, the other Matt, came up to visit with, uh, I think it was Barrett that came with him, and uh, we had the, the Tekken 2 tournament, I think it was. And no, it was Street Fighter. Street Fighter, and Gretchen took the whole thing, and she was button mashing the entire time. Uh, okay, maybe it was Tekken, because I, I remember there was a Street Fighter where I took Ryu, and everyone's screaming at the screen because uh, none of the you guys gave up and then I, I just I'd never picked up this incarnation of Street Fighter before and I'm just going through at the hardest difficulty just like one shotting like perfect on all the rounds and everyone's rooting for the computer at this point <laughs> and uh, Matt Massey he's just sitting there dumbfounded and incredulous and Patrick is like don't worry all he does is this and eat Doritos all day <laughs> <clears throat> I think my one is an orange stained hand. What? I'm sorry. I'll say one of my favorite uh, moments of the of the apartment had to been when Pat needed to take the video back. Do you remember that one, Pat? That strikes a chord. When you came, I'm sitting in the living room with Suzanne, and I think uh, Sarah was over at the time. I come out, and I'm like, "You, you were like, hey, oh, kitchen table." It's like we had this entire conversation with only using like one word. Oh, where's the? It's on the. It's on the on the counter. Okay, cool. All right. And oh yeah, fine. That's cool. All right. And then you left, and (laughs) both the girls like, "What the hell did you just say?" It's like, well, he wanted to know where our keys were. Yeah, and he's going to the video store, so he wanted to make sure you know it's you know where's the video? It's on the counter. I mean, why couldn't you pick that up? Do you guys recall that we had a direct computer connection from the basement where Jay's Mac was set up to the second floor where my PC was set up? No. I remember yeah. this because we got to the point with Warcraft 2 where Jay and I had played it so long and were so evenly matched that we realized this game is pointless. There are five gold mines and whoever gets the third one wins. And uh, it kind of ruined real-time strategy for me. Like, we just played for hours and hours and hours to the point where we just, like, dissected the game and we're playing so perfectly that I, I'd ruined the entire genre for myself. Huh. Now, while you guys had taken over the entire uh, house, this is when I left town. Yep, you oh, went to Georgia. Yeah. yeah, I moved to Georgia for my internship. And Yeah, uh, tell us about that place, because I, I, <clears throat> I don't know much about it. It was actually really sweet. Um, it was in a, It was like a... First floor apartment, uh, right off the expressway in Kennesaw, Georgia. Um, brand new place. Like they had a workout, uh, area, had a hot tub, had a, had a pool, all that there. Uh, one big bedroom, one big living room. We had no furniture, so it seemed even bigger. Uh, and it, it, it man, Georgia's a weird place, man. <laughs> we know that. Oh, it was just like, and in Georgia, like the weather, we had snow that year and everything went to shit. Everything shut down. I mean, it's granted, yeah, the driving was a little rough because there's a lot of hills out there, but it's like, oh, it's snowing. I'm going to go out there. I'm, I'm going to run to the grocery store. I'm going to get some milk, get to the grocery store. There is no milk. There is no bread. There is no bottled water. They got a quarter inch of snow. Well, nobody in the South knows how to drive in the snow. Everything shuts down because everybody would run into each other. So they all hole up. It's like a hurricane. You just got to, you got to stock up. Here I am. Yeah, so that was that was terrible. Pony I mean, like a Georgia, four, I'd say four out of ten, even with rice. <laughs> so yeah, after the apartment house situation we had in Franklin Park, I moved up to Uptown into an apartment with uh, three other guys that I worked with over at Garfield's. Other friends. <laughs> yeah, because I think Joel was the first to leave the apartment, and I was the last to leave the apartment. That is yep. correct. Yeah, because uh, once everybody else had moved out, 
uh, 40 going on 14 listener and still good friend of mine. Uh, actually helped me with the house here. Brian Ring was one of my roommates. Uh, these, he and uh, this guy, Alan, uh, knew I was like three months behind on the rent. They're like, yeah, we'll pay the back rent. And we'll move in. And I had no job. So I was like, yes, this sounds like a great idea <laughs> for me. <laughs> Right. And Brian is just a genuinely good guy. I like he, he really is. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He calls in every week, you know. We play an in <laughs> We play At his least we, 30 seconds of silence yeah. voice. That, that's why that's why Charlie's Charlie's uh emails, I mean voicemails always sound like they're split up. It's just Brian's in between. <laughs> I will not be ignored. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> So, yeah, I moved there, and then I, I went through a succession of apartments after that. I just moved all around. Pretty much every year, I just moved to a different apartment. Just I don't really know why. I just never was happy living in any certain apartment, except for the one that I the, – the one apartment that I loved was up in Rogers Park. It was a 1,800-square-foot with a fireplace and a sunroom and stained-glass windows and – Hardwood floors. Oh, I remember that one. That yeah, was the that, one where you had the poker games when we kind of came back into contact, right? Yep, yep. And I loved that place, but I stayed there until uh, the night I got carjacked and pistol-whipped, which we've briefly, briefly talked about before. And within a week, we were out of there. I remember we moving you out. left within a week. We're like, okay, time to go. Time. We knew it was a dangerous neighborhood to live in. The um, uh, There was literally a chapter of um, gangster disciples that lived like two blocks away from our apartment. Were there 12 of them? <laughs> a lot more than that. But, but four of them chose to beat the shit out of me one night. So we're like, okay, we're out of here. Yeah. yeah, Rogers Park, like I drove through there just today. And it's, it's still not an awesome area at night. No, it's... It's very heavily policed nowadays, but there's still a lot of gunfire that breaks out. Yeah, it's it's better than it was when you lived there. Yeah. So, the, um, and you know, I moved all around after that, but we'll get to that on the now side, I guess. You've been everywhere, yeah. man. Because uh, right after I moved around in the in the apartments, I moved to Las Vegas. So, so before we get to what happened to the apartment, finally with me, let's find out what happened with Joel during this time, because this is when you moved out right around the time Patrick did, well, right. a little before actually. Yeah, he moved up a little bit, like a couple months before I did. Yeah, because in in ninety uh, seven. Uh, is when I got married. So I moved to an apartment in for Forest Park and uh, lived on North Avenue. And then it was a little box. And then from there, that was where I, I had to deal with Coconut Home. Coconut <laughs> Home now. Coconut Home. The landlord that was, or the uh, the maintenance guy that ran the building that was never in his apartment. His wife would be there, but he'd let, she'd let the kids answer the phone and they would never let her talk to anyone. So he never had anything done, basically. Um, and then moved from there to uh, Oak Park and lived in a garden apartment over next to Fenwick High School. That was when I was working at the record store and I used to walk to work um, before I started working downtown with Patrick. Is that the, the like the basement-ish one? Yeah, where yeah. Um, Adam uh, Adam's soon-to-be wife, Sarah, well, future wife at that time, uh, moved across the other side to an apartment in the same complex before they turned it into condos uh, and lived there until the now part of things in 2001 when we moved. Huh. Back to Kansas City. So, and Mike, you had one more place uh, in the then, if I recall, the place in Oak Park on Harvey. Oh, uh, yeah, that was, was what was that before 2000? Yeah, that was before. Two, yeah, that was on uh, Chicago. Oh, oh okay. Chicago. that's yeah. right. Between um, right, right near Chicago and Austin. 
So, and that was great. That was Suzanne and I. We had actually come back from Georgia and we had lived in the, our parents, my parents' basement for a month. And then we're like, we got to get out of here. Uh, that was the, uh, the one across from the 7 Eleven, right? Yeah. 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 That was one across from the 7 Eleven. And that was a great little apartment. I mean, we had a lot of room. We had some good parties there. Uh, had a, you know, it was, it was nice. You know, and like, like you, Joel, I walked to work because I, that's when I was working at, uh, see, I worked for a little while at, um, Chase Bank, back when it was Bank One, downtown Oak Park, and then I got the job uh, working at the Caribou Coffee out there, too. So I'd ride my bike to work, and that was like our... Uh, that was Undead just... America happened there. What's that? Undead America happened oh, there. Oh, yeah, that's like... right. Yep. Yeah, the Undead America game and all that happened there. I mean, that was like our... our uh, like a married, living together type uh, um, apartment, just her and I, for about a year, year and a half. Yeah, the cast party for Complete Works of William Shakespeare was there. Yeah, and uh, that was also, you know, like when... Uh do you remember that? Remember that night that uh, we decided that you and I were going to be the designated drivers for the evening, Josh? I don't. So this must have gone bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was like you and I were designated drivers for the night. We went to Pat's bar downtown, and he loaded up Jay and Suzanne. And e- even sober, we couldn't figure out how to get everybody back to their right houses. And then Suzanne and Jay figured out how to move everybody around, but they lost all use of personal pronouns. <laughs> Um, the, the oh, first, yeah. I think we ended up at a Dave and Buster's at some point. Yeah, I think we did. But, that was um, the first apartment. That was the first time I ever saw South Park was at, a, at that apartment. Really? Yeah. I like, spent oh, very little time at that apartment. I think I was only there a couple times. Yeah, you were, well, you were north side. Yeah, we were point. starting to drift a little bit. Like we were making contacts now and again for events. But like Mike and I did theater together in complete works. I'd go occasionally to poker games at your place. I was mostly wrapped up in the whole, you know, nightclub bartending scene. Yeah. yeah. But then uh, we were having Katie came around and we moved out shortly after Susan, we got robbed. <laughs> that was when Suzanne went downstairs and to do the laundry and there was a huge dude. All the doors are thrown open. He's standing there with both of our bikes in each of his hands. He, and he's like, I was just here to get my bikes. And thankfully, Suzanne was like, drop the laundry. He's like, OK, that's awesome. And took off. Uh, later on, we found that it was like he had jacked open the door with a, a knife, like this, as long as my forearm. But uh, we moved out of there, and we moved in 1999. Moved out here to Aurora, and uh, moved into a house with my grandmother. That's crazy. I just realized that I'm the one who grew up in arguably the sketchiest of neighborhoods, and I'm the only one of the four of us who has never been robbed at home. Huh. <laughs> Well, I don't know, Joel. Have you ever had a home break in? Uh, well, before I was before I was born, the, the the my parents' house was broken into and they were robbed. But uh, yeah, I, I got uh, held a gunpoint and beaten. That was when I was eighteen in front of my friend other Josh's house, different Josh. Yeah, yeah that's so. it, it's just crazy to me that I, I grew up in probably the roughest neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. and I I had bookend events because when we first moved into that same apartment. We had a break in while I was taking a shower, believe it or not. Yeah, and I can't believe I didn't get Jack riding my bike home from uh, working at Garfield's every night. Yeah, no kidding. All right, so the end of the apartment for me uh, basically came after, even with the new roommates, I was struggling to hold a job at all. We were falling behind on rent again, and eventually I was ducking the landlords as they were coming, not returning their calls, and eventually they put up the eviction notice. And yeah, on a cold, I want to say November night, I I had had a car, even when I didn't have a driver's license, I'd gotten a hand-me-down car from my brother, 
And uh, I ended up uh, moving all of my stuff myself out of that apartment and moving back into the place that my family had moved while I was away at college to the house in LaGrange with the pool and uh, kind of had arranged that the room off the garage that was nominally a, a mud room was going to become my bedroom, uh, retile it and style it so I could actually live there. Now it's like a laundry room and bar. <laughs> that was that was my bedroom when I moved it's back home. It wasn't that far away from a laundry room bar when you lived there. <laughs> yeah. It really, I mean, I think before I was there, it was the dog's room. <laughs> what? Uh, and the dog's like, and this asshole comes here and takes my room. Well, no, that the dog that lived in that room actually died. And nope. my mom got the little crazy dog that pooped everywhere. <laughs> and so I, I moved back, like, uh, reeling from my uh, f- first real failure to interact with the real world in any meaningful way. And, uh, yeah, moved back into the family home, into the mud room, uh, with, and then, yeah, my mom, my dad, my brother, uh, and shortly thereafter, uh, his uh, girlfriend, uh, and, uh, yeah, the little crazy dog that pooped all over the house. Like, we we're constant, and my mom wouldn't yell at it. She wouldn't, uh, after a while, she wouldn't even pick up after it. So, like, you'd find, fossilized dog crap in the dining room and if you ever went into her bedroom there was just like dog poop everywhere well everybody has different sense of style (laughs) right it's a decorating choice really (laughs) on that note let's take a break yeah because i i live there until we get to the break right on so uh we'll be back and you'll find out what happened to us uh homes now 2000 and now be back in a bit morning everybody welcome back we are still talking about houses homes that we have lived in and now we've just breaking breaking broken broken through into the 2000s so where where was everybody when we crossed over Uh, i was in lagrange at the family home i was uh living with angela actually in in uh, andersonville i was still across the street from fenwick high school in oak park yeah we had moved out to aurora and are living in the house that we are in today so we want to start with who left Illinois first, uh, Joel or Patrick? I left in 2001. And I left in, I think, 2002. So Okay, yep. so let's start with Joel. So in 2001, I got the offer back in Kansas City to um, get a house, or at least that's what I was expecting to have an, the option of getting a house. But I got back there and what my dad was offering to rent us to own was a unfinished studs down to the studs. Nothing was done in it. Um, and we had to redo it from the studs out. And of course he would finance it and then we would rent it, live in it, and then eventually either own it and turn it into a renter or um, he would take it back over and then re- use it as a rental house. Either way, it was a cheap place just to have our own home. So get back, realize that. So I ended up living with my parents for six months in the basement. Um, so I think we've all done that at some point. Yeah. Um, which was weird. And then once the house was finished, then, uh, moved into that house and lived in that box for till 2003, which I don't know how far you want me to go, but. Well, I, and this was a weird time because, uh, we were all sort of, sort of starting to lose contact. Like, I remember when you left Chicago, 
uh, I, I felt terribly guilty because uh, I didn't realize you were going until it was like the day before you were going. And I was so busy, I couldn't even come out and see you and say goodbye. Yeah, and we but, already we moved out here because uh, my grandfather had passed away. So we moved into this house with my uh, grandmother. Uh, which was nice because, you know, we had the, you know, room to put a, a baby into when Su- when uh, Susie had Katie later that year. But I'll tell you, you know what one of the weirdest things was going from living on Chicago and uh, Austin to here. And that first week where we were sleeping, I'm like, do you hear that? <laughs> what? Absolutely like a, nothing. Sounds like a wolf. Yeah, there is nothing <laughs> on there. I mean, absolutely no noise whatsoever. And that tell me about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Trying to adjust a no city noise. Yeah, we'll get to that yeah. a little later. So uh, yeah, I um, Angela and I split up, and I moved to La- well because I moved to Las Vegas. Um, I came down to Houston for six months to live with my dad for a little bit, um, and then you know, and just kind of save up some some cash and everything. And then I moved to Las Vegas. So, uh, Pat, what was your Pat place is, like there? I'm sorry. I, I was just asking what your place was like in Vegas. Oh, uh, I, well, I was just going to answer the question from earlier. That is the longest move I've ever done. I drove from Chicago or from Houston all the way to Las Vegas in a U-Haul with Ooh. my two cats. I'm sure they loved the trip, too. One of them just stayed behind the driver's seat the entire time. <laughs> he was driving? Oh, behind the driver's seat. So, yeah. Um, I'd lived in a little studio apartment, uh, basic living, absolutely nothing special about it. All I did was play poker and wait tables and sleep. That was about it. And then my father got ill, and I moved back to Houston. Hmm. So we're doing the entire up to now? No, I, I just stopped it right there because it was convenient stopping. Okay. Right because things get strange after 2003, but go ahead. Please. They do. Yeah. All right. Who's going strange first? Well, uh, I'll continue on because I'm pretty much where I am uh, after moving back. I want to say got to be right around the year 2000, like 1999-ish. I, I've been back at the family home for a couple of years, uh, working at Hobby Town in Oak Park, just commuting from LaGrange to Oak Park. And, uh, eventually it's gotta be 2000. It's embarrassing to me. I don't know the exact year, but I, it was either 2003 or 2004 when my mother passed away. And, uh, with the, if, there was a refiguring at the house because my brother had his girlfriend who became his wife move in when she got pregnant and, uh, they had their kid, their first child. And we were all kind of living there. And then when my mother passed, everyone kind of got different rooms. Like, uh, there's the baby's room, uh, my brother James and his wife's room. I had moved out of the, the laundry slash dog room and into the room they used to be in. My dad put an addition on the house and was actually living upstairs. This kind of it, it concealed from the street, half extra story on top of the ranch house mm. that, uh, he was living in. And uh, uh, things pretty much continued that way for years uh, where I, I was living there. I was commuting. Well, most of my income was d- expendable. I paid rent to my dad uh, after I'd gotten the job and been there a couple of years. And I was buying a lot of games and drinking a lot of drinks. Uh, but that's that was my living situation for many years. Joel? Um, well, after the box happened and moved in there, that's when the bar happened at the same time. So we bought a uh, 
while we were renting and started a bar and grill with my brother and his wife. Um, and uh, so during that time, I was living in the box, and then the bar and grill thing went bad south really quickly, and that's another story for another show. And uh, we were in the process of trying to find a, a more permanent home that was big enough for the expanding family. So found a, uh, a house out in Raytown, Missouri, and moved out there in uh, 2005. Lived there until 2007, and that's when I got the uh, option to move to Colorado for my job. So packed up everybody, got uh, someone to work on getting a renter for the house. Put grandma on a chair on top of the truck. Pretty much. Um, got in the got a moving truck, packed everything up, headed out to Colorado. Lived in a um, a rental house for six months before the the people that owned the house decided they wanted to move back early. So they um, had left a clause in the lease, lease that said that, you know, if they wanted to come back after six months, they could. So they kicked us out, basically. Cool. Um, we moved from there to um, – where did we move after that? I think that's when we moved out to Brighton, Colorado, from Thornton, into this uh, third-bedroom, really small apartment. Um, and at that point, we had, you know, a dog and two bunnies and a lot of stuff. Job situation changed, and in 2011, um, after everything completely crashed, then moved from there to um, back to uh, Illinois, Rockford. Lived in an apartment there for a couple years, and then moved to this house uh, three years ago. Yeah, I remember moving into that apartment. Yeah, yeah, you were there. That was a um, fun, rainy-ass day. <laughs> It seems like there was another move in there somewhere, but it, it why just, does it always rain when you guys move? <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, there was a lot. There was a lot going on in that time, so moving was was never fun, but a necessity. Yes, Patrick. Best, the, real quick, just a quick side note: the best move I ever had um, was into that apartment that I loved in Rogers Park because we, by accident, discovered that the window in the sunroom was the exact height of the the truck itself that we used. So Dennis just stood in the truck and just handed things through the window to people. <laughs> and it was the easiest move. We didn't have to go through doors or walk around the building or anything. We just move everything directly into the apartment. How did you do the furniture? We went, we went through the window. It was a big it was a sunroom window. Oh wow. A, I mean everything. We we the entertainment center, the TVs, the uh, 500 gallon aquarium I had at the time, all of it came Dennis. Yeah. The Jägermeister <laughs> machine. Yep, that too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I vaguely remember for some reason when you guys moved, I think it was to Andersonville, that it was one of the very few moves I helped with. Yes. Yeah. After, uh. Well, it was such a sudden thing because, I mean, I needed to get out so quickly that a lot of people came to help and it was very much appreciated because that was, you know, we were trying to get out for our safety kind of thing. Yeah. Sure. I remember carrying boxes out to the alley with Jay and <laughs> just this dude that came out of nowhere. You guys moving? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, how about I, I'll just watch these boxes for you so you can get more stuff. And Jay's like, why don't I just wait right here? I'm like, I'll be. Yeah, that was a fun neighborhood. Yeah, I'll be right back, Jay. <laughs> yeah, so my story, actually, once I leave Las Vegas, my is pretty simple. Um, moved into, uh, into the house with my father. Like I said, he was ill and uh, went back and forth uh, on, a, on a couple things. And then he took a bad turn, uh, and my sister moved in, and that's when everything went bad. <laughs> well, and you moved. What? When did you move back to Illinois? Because you were up here for a while. Oh, you lived. Yeah, you lived well, here for a while. while. It was a six-month stint. Went up there. Uh, that was back in. Let's see. That, that was, was like two, three years, years ago. Three and a half years ago. So. 
2012, um, January of 2012. Yeah, I was going to say, I was already back at that point, so. Yeah, I went up to Chicago briefly to try to uh, get out of the lifestyle I was in, the poker lifestyle, and it didn't take. <laughs> <laughs> that, that reminds me, I do remember there was another uh, move, because after the, the six-month house situation, we moved to another house out in Brighton. And that house was owned by someone else who was renting it. And they decided that they wanted it back after a year. And that's, we ended up having a similar situation. What is it with you and people taking back houses, man? Yeah. So, and there was nothing wrong with it. It was nothing we didn't <laughs> wrong, but that's when we moved to the little box apartment and then moved out of there to come back to Kansas City. So there was an extra move in there. I forgot about it. I yeah, it. It's funny because we get to the spot where like I'm staying in the, the same place for a long time until very recently. Because uh, around 2004, 2005, uh, I start working out. I drop 150 pounds. I, I get to the best shape of my life. And on this wave of like entire expendable income, uh, great shape that I've never been in, I'm just like dating all over the place, going crazy, uh, drinking as much as I did in college. Just like I, I am, I'm a mess. This whirlwind of like. You're like when Bender became human. <laughs> yeah. I'm like picking up women and spending money everywhere and just being the guy flirting with everything Kissing that moves. Babies. Yeah. And uh, before before I can completely self-destruct, uh, right in uh, 2006, uh, I'm going through bad relationships, bad sort of relationships, etc. And I uh, go to the Origins Game Festival, as I do. I go to Origins and Gen Con every year at this point. And uh, I meet this girl. Uh, she actually approaches me while I'm smoking a cigarette. I'd picked up smoking at Gen Con the year before after being quit, I don't know, five, six years. And uh, that's when I met my current wife, Sarah. <laughs> and we went from wife. meeting at Origins to uh, talking on the phone and over AOL Instant Messenger uh, between Origins and Gen Con, and by Gen Con we're dating. Uh, we spent most of Gen Con in the hotel room, and oh. by that, after oh, Gen they just Con, really love room service. Yeah, they were, yeah. They were larping. <laughs> after <laughs> Gen Con's in August. All, all, all I hear in the all you hear in that room is. I'm just, we're just fighting with swords. Isn't that? <laughs> uh, the only reason that is so funny because I could totally see it. <laughs> uh, Gen Con is in August. And by that point, uh, Sarah is in, I think she's living in Memphis and then moves to Georgia. And then I'm still in LaGrange. And after she moves from Georgia back to her parents' place in Indiana, she's taking regular day trips up to Chicago. And we just had this thing where, like, she'd be staying over in my room and two, three days at a time. But then we'd miss the train back to Union Station and two, three days it turned into a week. And by this point, uh, my brother's got his one – he's got two kids in the house 
he and his wife are kind of, I don't want to say taking over because that characterizes the situation in a way that uh, isn't really fair to, to them. But like th- their family is sort of in the house. My dad's in his little area upstairs and I'm just like the brother who's like going out and drinking and occasionally bringing a random girl home, whatever. <laughs> and now I've got this girl who's staying and like everybody gets along when it's two or three days. And then occasionally the trips turn into a week or two. And uh, my dad has this other property in Hyde Park on the south side of Chicago. And when things kind of get uncomfortable, uh, just everybody sharing the same space in LaGrange, we start spending nights out at the Hyde Park apartment, which is partially furnished. He had been renting it out. There's nobody in there. Uh, he owns the condo. And uh, when, then when she started coming up, we would spend the time where she was in the city uh, on visits uh, pretty much in that apartment at Hyde Park. Well, keep in mind that like we've only been dating since August. In February, she comes up for uh Valentine's Day and goes on two interviews, gets two offers, and she stays. All of a sudden, uh, the apartment in Hyde Park isn't where we're just kind of hanging out when she's in town. We're like moving my stuff in from LaGrange into Hyde Park and getting her stuff from Indiana and moving it into Hyde Park. Hmm. So, yeah, we did the long distance thing for not actually very long. It seemed like it was so long. But uh, in October, uh, most of my family didn't know it. But by October, having only met in June, I'd already proposed. And uh, we were living together by the next February. I don't blame you. She's the best thing that's ever happened to you. Uh, Better lock that that shit up. (laughs) I hear she's a hell of a LARPer. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so she's gonna oh. kick my ass the next time she sees me. <laughs> Look at, at For, least at least you have and a her reason. sword she is just, almost as big as his. <laughs> she every time she sees me, she just kicks my ass on principle. <laughs> For the next uh, year, uh, we live in Hyde Park, and we get married the next December, so a little more than a year after I proposed. And uh, once uh, we both have some problems, like one of her jobs, her paychecks start bouncing, and uh, she starts looking into the company and realizing that uh, it's kind of a scam company. They're just taking money from investors until they run out of money from investors. Oh, and I was just working retail at this point. So, wait, uh, that doesn't work? No, it doesn't work so much. So, we've gone from like living on her income and my partial retail income to like not having one. And if we hadn't been living in a place my dad owned, like eh, we would have been in a really bad spot. So, uh, after uh, about another year, I, I get a better job. Uh, things are going okay again, but we really can't afford to stay in Hyde Park. Just like it's, uh, we lived uh, a block from the front door of the Museum of Science and Industry on uh, South Shore Drive, like on the lake. Huh. That's a nice, yeah. That, that, don't go, don't go west, but that's a nice neighborhood. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, you've got uh, like a, a f- five block square area that's really nice, and beyond that, it's here there be monsters, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where my dad uh, got his car broken into when we went to the shed aquarium. Oh, yeah. And uh, like when we were parked, even in our neighborhood, you didn't leave anything in the car. It's a nice area, but it was close enough to a bad area that you wouldn't leave a book bag in the car. Nothing, because you'd expect if you left anything in the car, your windows would be smashed just so someone could see what it was. Josh had removable seats. (laughs) (laughs) Damn Uh, shit. 
So Take around steering wheel off all NASCAR style. <laughs> all right. A- around that time, uh, we are talking to her parents and uh, Rick and Jenny to have realized that uh, Sarah is the one of their kids that uh, they could pro- they could tolerate living with now as an adult. And we decide that uh, we're going to get a house in Chicago and uh, they'll live upstairs. We'll live downstairs. And, uh, yeah, we end up moving out of Hyde Park from the south side to the north side uh, to a place, uh, I want to say it's a seven-bedroom with a full-furnished basement with a bar. Jeez. Yeah, a real nice house. Like, there was a complete extra apartment with a kitchen upstairs. There There are three kitchens throughout the place. Three bathrooms, a full garage. It was a really nice place. And uh, we lived there for almost three years. And uh, uh, in that time, uh, I have some problems with uh, my job. Uh, I end up on – when I'm working for the high school uh, that's bought by a big company – and uh, they're constantly laying people off. I think I was laid off four times in two years. Uh, and they kept hiring me back as soon as they could. But like it was the, for longer and longer periods. And at the end of one of these uh, periods, uh, Rick also, um, they are having some problems. So we all have to move out. It's just like this. This is an unsustainable situation with my job situation. Sarah's in school. She's finished. Uh, her parents can't be expected to support us anymore basically and they're going to move north and retire and oh this at this point we're actually doing the show like uh this is a, uh, just a couple years ago hmm. and uh i i did the first couple episodes from 40 going on 14 at that house uh near narragansett and belmont and uh like we didn't have a plan like we had to be out by january and it's like i don't know where i'm going to live uh Fortunately, uh, Sarah gets a pretty good job, and uh, we had to be out by January 6th. On December 31st, we find a two-bedroom, like, uh, 1,000-square-foot apartment with huge walk-in closets, huge kitchen, nice storage area in our price range. We look at it on New Year's Eve, come back New Year's Day, and uh, meet with the landlady, and on, on January 3rd, we sign a lease and get the keys and we end up uh, moving in to there. Uh, and it was just like this crazy, we have to be out in seven days and we don't know where we're going to live. I'm making plans to move our stuff into a storage unit and rent an extended stay hotel room. And all of a sudden we've got this place. And uh, that's where we were for the next two years. And before I, I move on, I'm going to pass on to somebody else. Well, um, I like I said, I've been in the same spot since 2000 or since 1999, and we've been suburbs, cul-de-sac, you know, the whole American dream thing. The thing Shitty is, shitty neighbors, all that stuff. Yeah, that's to say, it's not that it's the neighbors, man. I mean, we first moved in. I never thought I would say that I preferred the uh, private investigator living in the house with all the cameras on it, uh, just <laughs> what? for yeah, that the, well, Pat's seen it. The yep. next door neighbor's house has these bank size bulletproof cameras on the outside of it oh. and a street lamp for a light in the back. And that's there because the people that lived there before apparently were whistleblowers on some sort of, uh, uh, something in New Jersey. So they had cameras all over the house and it's like the kids playing in the yard, like the frisbee would go in their yard and they'd be like, well, that's the end of that, you know. <laughs> 
And then they left for a while, and a private investigator was living there, and he was walking around strapped. I mean, he had a sidearm on, walking on to go get the uh, to go get the mail. And well, you I, never know. Yeah, especially out here in North Aurora. You know, it's such a such <laughs> you never a, know when the shit's gonna go down. <clears throat> I would prefer him back to the people that we have there now because they are on their thirteenth kid, and it's chaos. There's kids on the roof. There's, I mean, uh, <laughs> I'm going on 13. It's they're all it's over. It's like a Monty Python skit. It, and Pat's seen it. It's ridiculous. I mean, I I uh, left for work once, driving out, and like the there's the youngest boy, and he's tied to the tree out front, like neck to ankles, and just kind of like, hey, Stevie, how you doing? <laughs> I'm okay. Like you can't help and but every, notice. Every one of them is homeschooled, so they're always there. <clears throat> yeah, and it's like. Can't help but notice you're uh, tied to a tree. <laughs> no, he's like, yeah, you know, so and so and so and so. My my two older brothers did it. I'm like, are they gonna come back for you? I'm like they said they were. I'm like <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna lay a bet on this one, man. I'm like you're gonna be there all damn day. You know that sort of. I'll I'll be fine. I'll be fine. So I'm like fine, whatever. I drive home like maybe an hour and a half later. I get a call from work from Suzanne, and she's like, do you know Stevie's been tied to the tree out front for like the last two hours? I'm like. <laughs> You know, and then we just, it's just, we have a, a group of people in this neighborhood, including my parents, which I've got kind of like the everybody loves Raymond thing going on. <laughs> they live in the same cul-de-sac and it's nice. You know, I, I see them once in a while. It's, I mean, my mom is nothing like the mom in that, in that show, but it's like, no. yeah, I mean, for all the time that they were there, they never do like walk-in thing. I honestly see, I hardly see them if it's just driving past, you know, and then we have, you know, we'll have dinner over at each other's houses every now and then. But, um, your mom does the smart ass remarks, but she doesn't do the guilt trips. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. She's definitely snarky as it all get, all get out. But, um, but no, she doesn't, you know, we don't do the guilt trip thing. It's, it's nice, you know, you know, if we want to role play or we want to LARP or something, we can send the kids over to my mom's house. Horny. <laughs> <laughs> So, but no, it's, you know, it's nice out here. I do miss the city. You know, I, I've worked in the city for the last uh, year, right on, uh, right downtown, and I loved it. Um, but, you know, it's, we've been here for 16 years now. It's kind of like, this is where it is, you know, so can't say I enjoy the homeowner thing, being, being the, you know, you think you're going to build yourself a man cave or a den or something. <laughs> Being the only man out of at it with three women. Oh yeah, and then of course you know we when I you know she had, she died about two years ago, but you know Grandma was here, so it was me and every range of woman under the sun, <laughs> everything from infant to elderly across the board. And you know it's like I think I remember one time it was like I was working at uh, the grocery store and I'm you know at lunch look at my phone I'm like oh my my high school girlfriend just friended me on Facebook and everyone's like oh watch out and I'm like you know what. I've got enough women. <laughs> yeah, right. Don't, it doesn't matter, you know. And like, you know, and now they're all, you know, like uh, the youngest, youngest ones, twelve, and then fifteen, and Suzanne, and now they're, oh my god, they're all getting in sync. <laughs> Too much estrogen. Oh yeah, man. I mean, even my nips were feeling tender. <laughs> so, oh, uh, just do. Yeah, but you know, I've got the I've got the full thing. I got the ride on lawnmower. Horny. Don't what? <laughs> well, wow, that went. To All right, on that note, I'm passing sense. it off to you, man. That's what the hell, Pat? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, I was living with my father, and then moved to Chicago for a little while. Came back. Um, was living with a buddy for a while in an apartment. Moved out of that when my dad got sick again. The poor bastard. 
and moved into the house with him. And my, like I said, my sister had already moved in with him, and she was living with him for a couple years. Well, unbeknownst to me, she had. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't want to put her on blast, but um, I'll just say that, that she has. Uh, she's she has hoarding issues, <laughs> and the house kind of got put in in a lot of disrepair. And between my father just really not caring for upkeep of anything. <laughs> And my sister not helping with the living situation of anything. The house got pretty bad shape. We ended up just kind of giving up on it, and it got taken back by the bank eventually because I deemed it not worth the money to try to save it. So we just let it go mm. after my father passed. All right, Elsa. And now I uh, I rent a house from a buddy of mine, and it's a great house. It's about twenty five hundred square feet. The uh, master bedroom is like an apartment in itself, and I, you know, I mean, it's great. Nice. Actually, do you larp in there? <laughs> as much as I can, which is pretty much never. Oh, <laughs> I have, I have to read choose your own adventure books. Poor Patrick. Wait, what? That was, was for masturbation. Oh, that's what that was. Okay, you're oh. masturbating to choose your own adventure books. Oh, page thirty-three. Page well, thirty-three. How you, that's how you LARP by yourself. You read choose your own adventure books. Yes, uh. it is. You freak. <laughs> See, he agreed with me. <laughs> he really agreed with you because it was you saying it. That's how it works, bad. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I mean, I think it sounds like all of us are in a better spot than we were because I know, you know, the house I've got isn't maybe the one that I initially thought I would have when I was a younger, younger man, but it's, uh, meets all the needs that I, I have for a home. It's paid for, got a fenced in backyard. I'm in a, a safe area that is blocks away from a terrible area. So people stay away, but you know, it's, uh, it's still safe in this particular neighborhood. And, uh, so yeah, I think uh, it sounds like, I mean, for the most part, we've all kind of landed in a good spot, which is good. Here's a question for you. No. If you could be anywhere, where would you be? Like living anywhere? Yeah. Hmm. I miss Colorado, and I would like to live there, but it wasn't a good thing. I think Illinois is where I belong, so I think I'm in the place I'm supposed to be, honestly. Hmm. Personally, that's my thoughts. But I, there's other place I'd like to travel, but live, no, I don't think so. So, Joel, do you have more to say about your current house? or what? I'm just curious about your current place, because uh, I don't want to <clears throat> necessarily come full circle before I talk about the place I just moved into. Oh, um, I mean... Aside from the fact that it was kind of like the house in Kansas City where, you know, they, it was a foreclosure and we built it from the, the walls out. I mean, there was nothing in the home. So everything that's here is done by, you know, our two hands. Um, so, you know, there's a certain pride and ownership. But other than that, no, I think, I think I've said pretty much everything I needed to say. Yeah. Let's hear about the new place, Josh. Yeah. Okay. So for most of the history of 40 going on 14, I, I was in the apartment, the big apartment on the north side of Chicago, more or less two miles directly north of the house that I lived with my in-laws in Chicago. Uh, sometime, I gotta be six, eight months ago, after we signed the lease again for another year, Sarah and I were saying, we're thinking that we didn't want to stay in the apartment in the city forever. Like we were going to have to commit to moving into a house of our own. And she, her job is now out in Schaumburg and her commute was two buses and a blue line, an hour and a half, even with me, uh, getting her to the train station. It was taking forever. So we started looking, gotta be back in August. Mm -hmm. 
And the th- we looked at a few places in our range and we saw a bunch of them that were like foreclosures and we're like, well, I don't know. This, th- this doesn't look quite right. Some of them we were just like, nope. We looked around enough to be polite and we just walked right back out. But the third house we saw is this place in Hoffman Estates, a ranch, a three bedroom, two bath, a full garage and a tool shed. And, uh, after walking around, just seeing all of the rooms and realizing it was in our price range, like the realtor is like, well, we're going to look at a lot of places. Uh, you like this place, but uh, we're going to you want to see a bunch of homes, whatever. Sarah and I get back into the car and I'm just like, I want this house. This is the one. And we didn't want to rush into anything. We saw a bunch of other places. But like every time we saw a place, we we're comparing it to this one. And our plan was we could see that the house was dropping in price. Uh, it had been unoccupied for a while. A uh, old man, a Russian carpenter, apparently had lived here and he died last year. And his son in California was trying to sell it on behalf of his father's estate. In his uh, mother's name, he's the executor of the estate. And our plan was to wait till our lease uh, was up in the at the end of March and see where this house was and put in an offer. Well, we hear from our realtor, got to be uh, in October, that there's an offer on the house. So we scramble everything together, our savings, all the cash we can draw together. And we're like, well, we got to put in another offer. I, I don't want to lose this house. This is the best one we've seen. We have to figure out how to get into this place, how to qualify for a loan uh, and uh, all that and break our lease, get in. And it's been a struggle. Yeah, you guys know better than anybody except my wife that uh, the process has not been smooth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we had everything set up and... Uh, uh, after almost losing the house a couple of times, getting uh, our, our loan had some conditions attached to it. Some were uh, repairs that were almost entirely cosmetic that needed to be made. And the seller in California said, I'm not making the repairs. Uh, you can walk away from the deal if you want. And he knew damn well we wouldn't. So I found myself just a couple weeks ago uh, making repairs, painting windows, uh, doing all this stuff to a house that I didn't own yet because I paid somebody to do it for me and he just took my money and ran off. Bastards. Yeah. So it's it's been a rough road, but uh, yeah, we closed on the house just a couple weeks ago, and uh, it's now Thursday, uh, the 3rd of December when we record the show. This is, uh, we've been living here for nine days. Nice. Yeah, got out of our uh, lease with no problem, just stroke of luck. We were good tenants. We talked to the landlady. She let us out of our lease uh, with a very, very minimal, like we even got our security deposit back uh paid the movers to get everything over and with the help of uh brian listener to the show who i talked about who was a roommate at the apartment yeah he helped us with a couple of the repairs and helped us move and we got everything done in one day and yeah we we moved in on tuesday so we're this week we're starting to feel the new normal and Have the wall started bleeding yet? <laughs> no. No, we we found some some issues. Like any house has the issues. Uh some very crazy, like obvious do-it-yourself electrical stuff that we've had to repair. Um we got a new washer and dryer installed and realized that they were uh once they were installed, we couldn't put the second bathroom door back on. <laughs> 
So that's that's a thing. That's that's something we have to repair. Get out. <laughs> and of course, we have to decorate the heart room. Heart room. Yeah, where, where I keep. Oh, all yeah, that's where you keep the yeah, hearts. I, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, there yeah, we are again. <laughs> yeah, we've uh, we've got a fenced in. Uh, we call it a three seasons room. It's basically a big back porch on a deck that uh, has kind of windows. It's not a heated room, but it'll be real nice in the summer. So yeah, real happy with it so far. Uh, there's going to be a lot of work that goes into it, but I'm learning the new schedule, moving from the city to the suburbs. Uh, in our first home as a couple that is just ours. Yeah, how are you liking the quiet? It's unnerving, <laughs> isn't it? I, I'm liking not having to figure out how many uh, bags of groceries we can buy based on how many we'd have to carry down the street and up the stairs if there's no good parking in the city. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, cause remember when, when I was in Oak Park, that was like a third or fourth story apartment, too. Oh, yeah. The best thing ever was when Peapod came around, man. Are you telling me I could pay somebody five bucks and they will bring all this shit upstairs? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and this is the first time uh, since we've been living together where we've had control over our own heat. Because uh, in Hyde Park, uh, the heating registers were basically uh, up so high that your heat was controlled by the unit below you. If they were cold, they turned up their uh, heat and you'd be roasting. That's messed up. Uh, Since we were living downstairs from Sarah's parents, like uh, the the uh, thermostat was up in their area. So if uh, they wanted to sleep uh, in, in a cooler temperature, it'd be cold where we were. And uh, the old apartment uh, that we just were in, it was an entire radiator building. We didn't even have a thermostat. If it was too hot, you cracked a window and put a fan in it. Huh. So Yeah, that, I do not miss the radiator days. Yeah. Right. Like in the middle of the night, you're just sleeping suddenly just... Psh, psh, oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, yeah. And occasionally on episodes of this show, you guys have heard the uh, the radiators go off. And that's, <laughs> that's something yeah. that's... Uh, we're not going to have to deal with anymore. No more road noise from Irving Park Road. Uh, so, yeah, that's, uh, that sounds like it's it. Yeah, I, I think we're pretty much up to date. Uh, I know all of us were trying to dance around various elements of family business. Uh, for my part, uh, I, I think I didn't tell any tales out of school, and I apologize to anybody if I said more than I should have. I'll <laughs> fix it in post. <laughs> <laughs> you will not be ignored. So uh, next week. So this December is weird because normally we just do a whole bunch of Christmas stuff. But, but there's a pretty big subject showing up in the middle of the month. Yeah, 17th, 18th, there's a movie coming out that we've kind of been waiting for. Uh, the new Star Wars movie is coming out and all of us are going to see it. So we're gonna going to watch it. That's a couple shows out. So uh, we're doing that. But in the meantime, next week, we are going to be doing SantaCon, Merry Conmas. Yeah, we're going to do a Christmas show a little earlier than we might normally, just to make sure we get the subject in. We're going to look at two movies about people who are criminals or con men. Uh, We're going reaching into the Wayback Machine for uh, the then. Yeah, this is my call. Uh, We're doing Bob Hope's Lemon Drop Kid, which uh, if you're not familiar with these movies, this is if you know the song Silver Bells, the Christmas song. uh, That actually is where that song came from. Uh, We're putting that up against Billy Bob Thornton's Bad Santa. (laughs) 
So, so definitely uh, similar themes, but very different movies. I'm going to yeah. be interested to hear the discussion about uh, what's the same and what's different, what we thought of both films. Yeah, Conman at Christmas. That's the theme for next week. And uh, also... Uh, don't forget about the contest. Give us a uh, email with a uh, in the um, subject line. Put down uh, Calliope Games, and uh, we will choose a winner for uh, next week and announce it on the show. And you can win a copy of uh, either Twelve Days or Thieves from Calliope Games. And uh, yeah, looking forward to that. It's a nice little giveaway. Yeah, if you want to check out our, our archives. You can uh, check out the iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher. Like every week, more shows are going up. And uh, the entire archives, as always, can be downloaded and listened to on TalkShoe. And if you want to leave us, uh, drop us a line, you can give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. You can reach us on Twitter at 40go14 or that email address, again, is 40go14 at Mm gmail.com. Send us an email there. And uh, also, if you want to get in touch with us, we're also on Facebook. You can give us a cool uh, call at uh, the Now Rap line or on Facebook. You can click the uh, Call Now button that's on the the page and uh, get to us and let us know what you think if you have any ideas for maybe our final christmas show if there's a movie or a pair of movies that you're looking for us to do let us know we're always looking for new ideas final for this year i don't think we're just gonna decide to stop doing the show well yeah final for this year yeah yeah we're still going on with it yeah because we got at least two more star wars to do so well, they said they're <laughs> gonna have to do this at least through 2017 yeah they said they're releasing a star wars movie every year for as long as they can well then we're just gonna have to keep doing the show then right dude it sounds like a plan yeah <laughs> right so uh Thanks for listening, and uh, don't forget, 40go14 at gmail.com. Get us in those emails, and we'll see if we can get you a prize. Home is where your heart is. (laughs) Stay away from my heart. Tony. You are now leading the world of Musings of a Geek podcast network. Stay geeky, my friends. The hell is that from? Why did that just pop in my head? Aladdin. I have no idea why that just fell into my head. You're gonna love this guy. Hey. Can you flex? Show some respect down on one knee. He fought the galloping hordes. A thousand uh, bad guys with bad swords. <laughs> Who sent those goons to their lords? That's Can't tell we did musicals, huh? <laughs> He's got 75 golden camels. Camels. See the camels. <laughs> did you see the uh, mind-blown moment when someone uh, couldn't figure out uh, why the girls didn't like Aladdin and they figured it out? No. Because they were prostitutes and he's a poor boy. He has no money. Yes. Hmm. He's got the monkeys. Let's see the monkeys. <laughs> that may be my favorite, like, brief moment is those guards <laughs> doing that dance with Alexa. <laughs> it's just because. All right, shit. <laughs> Five, four, three, two, one.